Beer and Honey, the German football pod. Good. Here we go. Beer and Honey, the German football pod with me, Raphael Honigstein. And me, Christoph Biermann. In today's edition, East beats West in Berlin and it's checkmate Freddy. Dortmund Werk things out in Leverkusen. Marco Rose's R&B get into the groove. And crisis time in Munich. It's badly drawn Bayern. All of this and more in this week's Beer and Honey. Hello, listener. Thank you for tuning in. Thank you for supporting us, subscribing to us. You know the drill by now. If you don't, let me remind you that you can and should really support us by becoming a member of the Beer and Honey Supporters Club. Go to steadyhq.com slash e and slash beer and honey. And you can also gift beer and honey to your best friend uh, or enemy or anyone you think might benefit from listening to uh, wonderful German football content from Christoph Biermann and me, we will post that link on our social media as well. But Christoph, there's only one place we should start, and that is the capital, the capital of football, at least at this weekend, <laughs> in Berlin, Union won. That's no longer a big story. They've won the derby now five times in a row, but the 2-0 win also spelled the end of Freddy Bobic, the Hertha Sporting Director. What's going on? Yeah, shock news. Um, and everybody was surprised. Um, Freddy Bobic was Especially su Freddy. Freddy <laughs> Bobic was surprised. Uh, Sandro Schwarz, the head coach, was surprised. Um, uh, all the supporters were surprised and, and so on. Um, nobody saw that coming. But um, Kai Bernstein, the president of, of the club, announced um, on Sunday that Hertha is now going the Hertha way. And the Hertha way nowadays is a uh, it's not big city club anymore. It's small resources. It's um, working with people who have Hertha at their heart and so on. And uh, the guy who will replace uh, Freddy Bobic is a, a guy called Benjamin Weber. And some of our listeners might remember to have heard the name um, some weeks ago here in this little pot, because when we were discussing if Freddy Bobic would become the sports director of the German FA... Um, uh, I said um, that maybe this guy, Benjamin Weber, would be an option to replace him because at that time there were already internal discussing discussions at Hertha. And um, so he is, a, he is a Hertha guy by heart. He had worked for ages for the club. He was head of the academy and he was replaced by Freddy Bobic. Um, and Pablo Tiam took over the, the job, who came from Wolfsburg uh, to do that. And now uh, Benjamin Weber is the, yeah, the, the man who shall help turn things around at Hertha. Yeah, I mean, this was a very interesting press conference today. As you said, it was sort of a back to the roots declaration from Kai Bernstein. We want to do it the Hertha way. We want to bring in uh, ex-Hertha players like uh, Zeke Neuendorf. He's going to be a 
kind of semi-sporting director, the, the, the link, the bridge between the board and the team in some way. I'm not quite sure what, what the official title is. And, uh, and Benjamin Weber, as you said. But what was the problem with what Freddy Bobic did? He only joined two and a half years ago. He came with an excellent reputation, having done a really good job at Eintracht Frankfurt. And the fact that he perhaps wasn't a true Hertha icon would have not been a surprise uh, to anyone. So why is that suddenly, it seems to be a criteria or an argument against him? At least that's what we heard in the press conference from Bernstein. I have a bit of the impression that um, the fallout, I think there was a kind of fallout between uh, Kai Bernstein or the uh, the people running the club and Freddy Bobic over this discussion if he wants to uh, become um, sports director at the German FA. Because obviously uh, Bobic wanted to leave and... Um, Bernstein at the time was also saying, uh, you shouldn't stop travelers. Um, that's a saying in Germany, Reisende soll man nicht aufhalten. And, um, and, and maybe at that time, mm, the atmosphere be be between them worsened. And, um, and also, if you look at the track record of Freddy Bobic, uh, you said he did a terrific job at Eintracht Frankfurt, but honestly, he didn't, uh, Uh, do a terrific job at, at Hertha because um, I mean last year they they've uh, only managed to uh, escape relegation in these famous relegation matches against Hamburg the uh, third from the second division now they are uh, second from the bottom uh, again and uh, and and also looking yeah uh, looking like being deep in trouble and I think. This first week at um, uh, of the Bundesliga, uh, Hertha got zero points uh, from it. Heavy defeats. Um, they, um, I think that gave them the impression that uh, things had to change from the the bottom up, or you can also say from the top down. How, however, you look at yeah, it. Yeah, I mean his transfers uh, weren't really that successful. His managerial appointments, um, also Typhoon Kokut was a bit of a disaster. Felix Magath uh, was Interesting. slightly desperate. <laughs> yeah, a desperate measure, which worked out in, in fairness. But uh, Sandro Schwarz, I think even though Kai Bernstein was at pains to say how much backing he still enjoyed, I think all looks also looks a little bit shaky after Hertha um, dropping now to 17th in the table and not looking like things will improve anytime soon. I saw once uh, one more thing uh, which we should mention before we move on. There was an interesting suggestion in Build which said that there was a clause in Freddy Bobic's contract which basically allowed him to extend his, his contract for another two years in June. And they were afraid that if they didn't sack him within three months of June and he'd be still technically in a job, he might exercise this contract extension, even though he was already no longer working there, which why they felt they had to do this before uh, March, I guess. 
Um, whether that is accurate, I don't know. But as a theory, it sounds uh, plausible to me, uh, especially because Kai Bernstein said that this was not related to the Derby defeat on Saturday. Is there one more thing we should say about Union before we go? I mean, we've kind of gotten used to them beating Hertha, as we said. We've also gotten used to them being good. It's It's almost not a story that they're now second in the table and chasing Bayern. Just one point adrift, Christoph. I mean, the are they in the title race? <laughs> Before I answer your question, one more word about um, Sandro Schwarz, because I had a, a conversation with uh, Kai Bernstein mm, 10 days ago or so before the restart of the Bundesliga. And, um, and he, he was, um, he was full of praise for Sandro Schwarz. And he was saying that he, um, he would sack, um, he would sack other, um, uh, players or, or whoever, uh, before he would sack him. I, at that time, I hadn't Freddy Bubitsch in mind, actually, and didn't ask him, uh, about it. So, but, but I think, um, the support for Sandro Schwarz is genuine. Um, so, um, but as we know, uh, things depend on results. Uh, but the great story. Just, just don't, just don't put him on the cover of, uh, uh, we, had, we, we had we had him on the cover of our uh, of our Christmas issue. So um, <clears throat> whoever whoever <laughs> doesn't know what kind of joke uh, Raphael is making here, whenever we put somebody on the cover of the of the magazine, or now and then, uh, quite often. <laughs> The decline starts, uh, but but in honesty, we from time to time we try it with Bayern and it never works. <laughs> so, <laughs> uh, but but to answer your question, I mean, a lot of newspapers have been writing on Sunday about the a kind of Berlin football Zeitenwende, this uh, famous uh, phrase from. Uh, Chancellor um, Olaf Scholz um, after the beginning of the Ukraine war that was Zeitenwende and and they picked it up for for um, for the situation with Berlin football so a change of times in and obviously uh, you can look at the table uh, Union is in second um, uh, Hertha is uh, second from the bottom and um, they are worlds apart now and it's uh, still feels a bit surreal and there is another surreal story around Union, and that is the um, Isco transfer saga. And uh, because there were rumors that Hertha actually, uh, that Union actually might be interested in signing Isco, the former Real Madrid player who, who played um, for Sevilla and is now out of contract. And, um, and there were rumors that were, um, that they, that were after him. And, the, the Union players, when they heard about it, um, started to investigate with the coach and, and, um, with Oliver Runer, the, the, um, uh, sports director of, of the club. And, um, and they, 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 they didn't really stop the rumor, say it like that. And, and, um, after that, they were constantly reading in the, uh, talking in the dressing room and even in training about ISCO. So they had uh, a training session when they had, ah, the, the, ISCO would have done this and ISCO should go there and, and this jokes. 
and uh, Christopher Trimmel, <laughs> the, the captain um, of, of the team, yesterday on Instagram, instead of um, saying, ah, we, are, we are proud and we're happy and blah, 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 he, he, was, he was writing, um, this victory is for Isco. And... <laughs> And so, and the internet exploded and everybody was, hey, Trimmy, what do you know about it? And, and, and blah, blah, blah. And uh, later on, he got a, even a reaction from Isco himself, who had this um, emoji with this uh, strong arm. How, how do you call that? I, I don't know. This. Ah. Yeah, power. This or, power arm yeah. or, or whatever. And um, so... Um, It's a joke um, around Union Berlin, but uh, you see this. It, it, so there is a is a kind of micro truth in it that they start thinking bigger, and that's uh, that's interesting. And um, although they are technically Bayern Jäger now, we have discussed this concept extensively. Um, I I think. We won't see them as a champion in May. Yeah, but you say that you always. Uh, you also used to say that there's no chance they can get into the Europa League, into the Champions League, and you I'm, see what happens. I'm I mean, a, I'm you, an, you keep downplaying their chances. I'm, I'm an Urs Fischer man. I mean, Urs Fischer is saying that they are officially in the relegation fight because they don't have 40 points now. So. Um, Uh, yeah. yeah, fishing for compliments, I think, is, <laughs> is what he's doing, even though uh, he probably doesn't see it that way. I mean, Union continue to be the success story of this Bundesliga season. But in surprisingly competent news, Borussia Dortmund, Christoph, actually won their third game in a row in 2023, something that only Union have done in the league by beating Leverkusen away 2-0. And they did it, I don't want to say in style, but with composure, with a calmness, a cleverness, they were very impressive, quietly impressive. I totally agree. I totally agree. And especially our doubts about their defensive abilities. Um, I mean, they are not completely gone. It's, 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 it's John, uh, just one game, but... Um, um, it was interesting to see the um, the two fullbacks. So on one side, on on the right side, Marius Wolf, who had a fantastic game, uh, fantastic performance. He also provided an assist for the um, second goal, the own goal of Edmond Tapsoba. And on the other side, Julian Rierson, who who just joined Borussia Dortmund from Union, and um, Both of them are not the, your football artist, not your, um, uh, with, with the highest technical skills and, and so on and so on. But they do their job and they do their job with passion. And, uh, I think that's, uh, not only uh, something that is liked, especially, uh, uh, among Borussia Dortmund supporters, because that style of play is always, uh, um, hits the hearts of 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 those their supporters, but also um, because it helps them. It really helps them to to um, to establish a work rate on the pitch, a level of determination, resilience, and and so on. Yeah, they they bring a nice sense of 
of realness and of work ethic and just running in straight lines but doing it very effectively which uh, this team has struggled with as we know i also thought that terzic who at times doesn't always look like a coach with a strong tactical identity um made that flexibility work for him in this game because he switched to a back five effectively uh, Emre Chan was playing uh, almost a sweeper and that helped against this uh, Leverkusen team because they found it very difficult to press uh, all these different uh, players at the back there was always options to play out uh, but also it just gave them a bit more stability off the ball uh, I found and um, also made it easier I think for what you described for both wing backs effectively to go forward at the same time. If you play only four at the back, then it's hard to have both full backs really high. With the wing back system, it's a little bit easier because you have that extra man at the back and it worked very, very well, especially when they switch sides um, very quickly from uh, mostly from left to right, but also uh, for the goal from from right to left. It was a very, very good performance. And even Leverkusen, after five wins in a row in all competitions, I think they came up against a team that was just a little bit better. But they still played pretty well and played well enough, I think, to suggest that this recent good run is not a coincidence and that Xavi Alonso is slowly but surely building a team that will be pushing for the European places. Um, and, you know, for a side that was looking as if, as if they might get into a relegation battle. I think that is uh, very encouraging signs indeed. Um, but the real story, <laughs> <laughs> apart from our friends in Berlin and the good performance from Dortmund, is, of course, uh, the big Bayern crisis. The other day, we kind of laughed a little bit about it. You know, two draws and for Bayern, that's a crisis. But is it really this bad? Now, this third draw, 1-1 uh, against Frankfurt, it does make it a bit of a crisis. I think for two reasons. A, Bayern don't tend to draw three games in a row very often. Do you remember last year in 2022, we had a crisis because there were four games uh, without a win in the Bundesliga. In the meantime, they were getting good results in the Champions League, but it was still seen as a, as a massive big deal. This time, it's three draws, but somehow it feels worse. And why, Christoph? Because Bayern are playing really badly. It's not a case of missing chances and being a little bit inefficient and a little bit lacking of focus. They actually look like a team that have forgotten how to play football. At least the kind of Bayern football that we have already seen this season and last under Julian Nagelsmann. What the hell I, I, is I going think on? your your judgment is a bit harsh, and maybe also the fan heart is uh, speaking here a bit. <laughs> never, never. Okay, always objective. Um, yeah, there is a um, an element in this Bayern um, game right now that is. Um, Almost boring. It's very predictable what they're doing. Um, they're playing around the um, the box, and um, so so very often it's like a handball match, and and, um, and uh, but without getting into the into the this into the interesting areas. Um, there is a 
I, I I did not find them. Uh, they had a certain lack of concentration against Cologne. I, I, I my impression it was not like this against Frankfurt, and Frankfurt was also the tougher opponent com uh, compared to uh, uh, Cologne. But um, but yes, you're right. Um, they they just don't look very dangerous uh, at the moment. Um, probably has to do with the form of players like Musiala and also Müller. And and here we go. I was thinking for the first time, Robert Lewandowski is missing. Uh, I think Eric Maxim Schupermating has done a wonderful job and he was probably one of Bayern's better players in this game. Uh, with Müller, he was typical Müller. He had some... Really good moments. He was very instrumental in setting up setting up the goal from Leroy Sané, but then he had two chances in front of goal where a player with more composure and more technical skill would have probably scored. But what worries me is this complete absence of rhythm and flow that we see from Bayern. There's nothing wrong with being having possession against a side like Frankfurt who... Didn't always play deep, but played very compact. Um, the, they played a 4-5-1, very, very hard to get behind. And sometimes the game can become a little bit slow and it's it's a bit of a struggle. But then they had moments where they played really stupid long balls that immediately were defended and then it took them a bit of time to win the ball back. It was, again, so disjointed and lacking this kind of cohesion and, and bigger picture. And what was very, very worrying was that Julian Nagelsmann was criticizing Bayern's plays, saying we play everything on the on the flanks, but our idea was, our plan was play to play through the middle. And either the players don't quite understand what he wants them to do, or they can't do it, or they don't want to do it. And all three of these options reflect badly on the relationship between Nagelsmann and the players. And it is very, very strange. Oliver Kahn had an interesting theory about Bayern's problems. He said it's really Hansi Flick's uh, <laughs> fault <laughs> because he said uh, there was a team before the World Cup and there's a team after the World Cup. The insinuation being that Bayern lost their confidence because so many, so many of those... Uh, Bayern players were playing for Germany and got knocked out and somehow came back not knowing how to to play football well anymore. I, it is a theory. Uh, it's one of those intangibles that no one can say is right or wrong with any clear uh, evidence one way or the other. But it is still very strange, even that if that was the case, to understand how Bayern have failed to really get going. Yeah, what I find interesting, in all the three matches, they had um, good minutes. So it's it's not that they were constantly as bad as you you described them. They, sometimes they um, um, sometimes they they're playing were playing really well for like five minutes or so. And then you, you you thought ah now they are getting into the flow, and and then it stopped again, and um, and that's interesting, and and if you compare them with the uh, with top teams and if you from other leagues or if you compare them 
to, to their, themselves when they were top. Um, they were able to create this flow for themselves and nowadays they seem to react on what's going on on the pitch or, or something like that that's a strange uh, pattern also and um, yeah but the question is um, is it still do we only need to sit down and wait until things get better or is this a really a general crisis um, or uh, things heading in the wrong direction. Um, what's your impression? I think everything will turn on the next couple of games. If they get knocked out in the cup in midweek against Mainz, then the pressure will really mount because one title will already be gone and the, G the German FA Cup, even more so than the league in recent years, has almost been seen like a given. You know, It's like, of course, we're going to be in the final Uh, you know what are you talking about? We might not we might not win the cup. Last year, you remember, Christoph, Bayern were knocked out five 0 early on in the cup by Borussia Mönchengladbach. So there's already that black mark against Nagelsmann's CV in Munich. If this follows up uh, and another early exit, then the pressure, which is already huge as far as getting past PSG in the Champions League is concerned, will go really to another level and that game is only two weeks a little over two weeks away so it's really crunch time when he was in that position in the autumn he changed things he brought eric maxim chupomoting as a number nine he changed from that four to two two system and suddenly Bayern got going and won every game basically until the winter break I don't think it's impossible that he will sit down and think, you know what, we have too many players struggling. Let's just mix it up a little bit. Let's change the system to help certain players. And he'll find a solution. Uh, he's a very good coach. But right now, things heading for a big crunch, crunch time. And it can go left or it can go right. It can go up or can go down. They now need a bit of buy and doozle, I think. Uh, the proverbial Bayern luck to have slightly more peace of mind heading into the big PSG couple of games. Yeah, but the concept of Bayern Dusel is, is is very often misread because um, I think um, Bayern Dusel has to do a lot with uh, that they create a lot of chances and th sometimes they only uh, took the last one um, to score the decisive goals. But when you actually looked at these matches, they had like seven goal chances before or so. But as you rightly said, um, they don't create much right now. And um, and also um, they give away easy uh, goals like against... Um, Frankfurt, where at least you could see that it was a, a case of defensive misorganization or uh, defensive uh, decisions, uh, for example, by Upamecano, not picking up Kolumuani or wh whoever you want to... I think it was mostly De Ligt's fault, but uh, yeah, 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 it was definitely yes, defense, yeah, defensive I, I, disorganization. Yeah. But um, crunch time will come. We will talk about it, but we have, have others uh, 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 things to talk about. Yeah, but I mean, Julian Nagelsmann is having a tough time, Christoph, but uh, there's perhaps one coach who's having an even harder time 
in uh, this Bundesliga, and that is Andre Breitenreiter. His Hoffenheim side were beaten at home 4-1 by Borussia Mönchengladbach. And that was the eighth game without a win for Hoffenheim, who are really going nowhere fast in the table. And Gladbach with a sign of life, having been pretty bad, especially away from home. Their first win under Daniel Farke outside their own stadium. But you think that a big change is going to come at TSG Hoffenheim. My feeling is that um, Andre Breitenweiter will be the next uh, coach that will be sacked because um, Hoffenheim is, is nearing the relegation battle right now. Um, th uh, they play at Bochum next weekend and Bochum is only three points behind them. And if they... Uh, would lose there. Um, Bochum at Hoffenheim would have the same amount of points, and that I think would be uh, there. It would be very likely that it would be the end of the journey for Andre Breitenreiter at Hoffenheim. Bec uh, and and if you, I mean, uh, and that's not 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 only. Um, a run of form or something like this. Um, obviously, um, there is some something deeply not working for Breitenreiter at Hoffenheim. He came as a, a coach who had just won in sensational fashion as a Swiss uh, championship with outsider FC Zurich. And um, probably uh, people at Hoffenheim Uh, were thinking that he could also inspire them to become some kind of high flyer, but um, uh, so so far it's um, um, yeah they um, they uh, completely failed uh, this season and um, also I, I think they had the feeling to to strengthen um, uh, their squad. So for example, they signed John Anthony Brooks who. The American, who um, in the past had played for for Wolfsburg, um, uh, shortly be before the match against uh, Borussia Mönchengladbach, but that also didn't help. And I think uh, a result like that uh, against a team like uh, Borussia Mönchengladbach, you you were saying they hadn't won away from home under under Daniel Farke, and they also showed a lot of uh, to have a lot of problems themselves is um, a clear indicator that um, things are not going well at um, Hoffenheim. Yeah, I think you're, you're absolutely right. Andre Breitenreiter, they're in, in real trouble. Um, Daniel Farke will sleep a little bit more soundly, conversely, after this uh, badly needed win from his side. Uh, Jonas Hofmann with two goals. Elas Stindl on target as well. And Hannes Wolf, uh, a rare player on the score sheet for Borussia, who have kind of found their range, Christoph. I mean, no real danger of going down the table, no real danger of going too much further up. Would that be yeah, um, the right I description? I think they are too good. By far too good um, to 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 end up in the relegation zone, but um, um, obviously they are not good enough to be a real contender for the international places. So there is some mid-table obscurity for them this season, and we already talked about the prospects for um, for the future. So the situation is not easy um, for this 
yeah, one of the big uh, Traditionsvereine, traditional clubs in the Bundesliga with a huge fan following all over Germany. Big traditional club, of course, also Werder Bremen, who had a bit of a lean spell, uh, four defeats in a row, but they've managed to find a win against Farfell Wolfsburg of all teams. Um, Wolfsburg, the side who were really the most informed team in the league going into this game, but they lost 2-1, uh, partially thanks to a very controversial penalty. It was uh, Starke who was passing the ball back to a player, uh, Gerhard, was maybe 10 centimeters away. The ball hit his arm and re referee Daniel Siebert gave a penalty for Werder Bremen. Niklas Füllkrug um, converted. But another example that VAR is not used properly in Germany, would you say? Uh, too, too much intervention and too strict in the way that they interpret the laws of the game? Um I think it's a it's a good chance for us to um, have another edition of our beloved learning Fußball Deutsch because now the world has to know about um, Kölner Keller. Learning Fußball Deutsch with beer and honey. <laughs> Raphael, what, what yeah. on earth? Kölner Keller. Kölner Keller sounds like a um, some kind of sex club, <laughs> um, but it is not. It is uh, the basement in Cologne where the VAR is situated. The VAR has a centralized office um, and it happens to be in Köln. And I don't even know if it is actually in a basement, <laughs> but uh, it does invoke um, a sort of a dark room and maybe... Uh, kind of ideas of, you know, shadowy figures making big decisions in the darkness. Um, in this case, I think it was hard to understand why they intervened. The referee had a good position, didn't see anything wrong. And it was a very doubtful, if not stupid decision, in my view, to give a penalty. Uh, there was absolutely nothing that Gerhard could do. The ball was so close to him. I don't think he tried to to play it. I don't think it was an unnatural situation. He was just he just had his arm there and got hit. Or do you see things? No, no, I totally agree. Um, and um, what you said, there is a, a tendency towards too much intervention from video referees in in Germany. Um, sometimes they forgot about this concept that you should intervene if something. Very, very important is completely overseen by the referee. And as you said in the situation, uh, Daniel Siebert had a clear view on the situation and um, he, he, he took a decision. He took the decision not to uh, give a penalty and uh, and then uh, Günther Perl the, in the Kölner Keller intervened. That was already wrong. And it, uh, things got worse uh, when Siebert then uh, decided to give this penalty. And I think it was also decisive for, for the run of the game and for, uh, for, for, for the results. So, um, yeah, and, and we had it too often, stuff like this. And um, 
We, I, I think we could see, for example, at the World Cup, and and also my uh, impression when I when I look um, at matches in the Premier League, things are much better run there, uh, and I don't know why they they don't. Um, I mean, how long do, do we have it now? Three years, two years, four years, eleven years? I don't know, but but long enough um, to to let it run smoothly. I think the I mean the Bundesliga were one of the earlier leagues to adopt it, one year before the Premier League. The Premier League, I think, now with the return of Howard Webb, have tried to go back to the original concept, as you said, of VR, which is to only use it use it very sparingly. If there is a clear and obvious mistake, and I think the emphasis is very much on obvious because you can always find things that can be seen as a foul, uh, etc. But unless it is so obvious that missing it is a sort of injustice, uh, the new direction from the VR in England is to just let it go. And I think that would be a very good idea to follow that example in Germany. But b before we go, let's just rattle a few let's just rattle through uh, a few of the other results. On Friday night Leipzig beat Stuttgart uh, 2-1, a brace from Dominic Soboslai which takes Leipzig just within two points of Bayern at the top of the table. It's very very tight there. Freiburg also winning 3-1 against Augsburg which means between Bayern and Freiburg in fifth it's only three points and even Frankfurt who we should have I think mentioned a little bit more because they played really well albeit a defensive game they're only five points adrift of Bayern and maybe just maybe an outside shot for the title race as well it does shape up to be really one of the most interesting title races in recent years if indeed Bayern struggles continue for a little bit longer Schalke, they picked up a point, uh, Christoph. You'd be surprised to know, or maybe pleased to know secretly, against Köln, a nil-nil draw. Maybe not quite what they need in this situation, but better than nothing. And just reward, I think, for another pretty decent performance, all told. Köln couldn't quite hit the same heights that it did against uh, Werder and Bayern, but a point is, is a decent result for them. And... Uh, There's just one team, or two teams really, uh, that we haven't mentioned yet, uh, Christoph. And this next game not only brought a big win, but also the return of uh, one of the most niche specialists in the <laughs> Bundesliga. <laughs> uh, uh, recently, we, 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 we talked about the concept of Angstgegner, so your, your, your bogey team. And Mainz is a bit um, the bogey team for uh, Bochum. Um, but Karim Onisivo is the bogey man himself because now he has scored seven goals in the Bundesliga. Very good for the um, central forward of Mainz 05, the, the Austrian Karim Onisivo. But he scored five of these goals against Bochum. Two in uh, when they were winning on the first day of the season in Bochum. And now he had a hat-trick uh, against Bochum. And um, I think if he could always play against Bochum, he would be the 
best striker in the world. Yeah, well, may, maybe a lot of other strikers would be too. Um, but uh, you know, as the saying goes, why can't it be Christmas every day? Why can't it be Bochum for Mainz every day? Well, that's it. No more Bochum Mainz this season. That's all done. So they have to find other ways uh, to to win games and for Falford Bochum. That's good news. Uh, they're in a relegation spot uh, once more in 16th, but uh, still with a positive momentum since the winter break. But I think that's all we've got time for. Um, thank you very much for listening. Uh, thank you very much for subscribing. A reminder, you can subscribe to us on steadyhq.com slash en slash beer and honey. And there are now gift subscriptions available for your best friends, for your cousins, uh, for pets <laughs> who like to listen to pods. Uh, whoever wants to listen can now listen free of charge as long as you pay for them, of course. But uh, our regular pods will be available free in any case. Specialist pods coming up uh, soon. And that's it. Uh, thank you very much. We'll be back uh, next week uh, with another interesting round of Bundesliga games. Until such time, I was Raphael Honigstein. And I'm Christoph Biermann. And I'm thinking about the pets that, <laughs> that got the pot as a present. And strangely, the first idea that got into my head is turtles. Why on earth yeah, the turtles? Were. But... Uh, I, I think I need to 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 meet a psychiatrist or so to uh, talk about this. Yeah. Okay. Well, you you tell us what he said uh, and why you're thinking about turtles. But, but until such time, bye bye. Beer and honey, the German football podcast. <laughs>